Welcome. No. I didn't know what that meant. You can say welcome. Oh. You can say welcome. Keep going. Keep going. That's <laughs> sure you heard. But we are transitioning. No, you got to say happy Palm Sunday. Oh. Keep going. Happy Palm Sunday. Palms in the air. Like you just How don't about care. a few digital high fives? Welcome. Not sure if you heard, but we are transitioning out of the castle building and making our way into a new venue. We'll update you with details as they become clear to us. Thank you for your patience. Regardless where we gather, did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose? All in one place. It's beautiful. So we encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Let us know you're out there. Stop by on a Sunday sometime. We'd love to connect with you. Easter's next week, Whoop. and we think that this is a great opportunity to come visit us yeah. in person. Yeah. Please join us during one of our three services mm -hmm. at the castle downtown. Service times are at 9 a.m., mm -hmm. 10, 15, 15 minutes earlier than normal, yes. and 11.30. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to see you. Can't wait. Lastly, thank you for your generosity, and thank you for the giving of your tithe, 10% of your income as worship to God and His kingdom work. If you're looking to give, head to our website or text any amount to 84321. Enjoy Echo Online Services. Sparrow's not worried about tomorrow. The troubles to come The lily's not thinking about the season The drought or the flood A tree that's fitted by the water Isn't faced by the fire So why should I be? Cause he takes good care of me
dawn I will rise and call on your name Stepping on to the altar I'm bringing my praise Every piece of my heart you're refining with your flame In the dawn I will rise And call on your name Let my life be an offering To you, Jesus Let my life be an offering
would help us lay it all down this morning. Every part of our heart, King Jesus. Not just some of it, but all of it, King. Father, I just pray and ask that you would help us to continue to worship and give you glory and honor even when it's hard, Jesus. That our soul would sing, it is well. Like that old song.
regardless of our situation, Father, we will sing for all of eternity, it is well with our soul. Because we have you. No matter what, Jesus. How many feel that this morning? I feel a peace. I feel a joy. I came in heavy and I'm coming out light. Thank you, Jesus. series. And uh, coincidentally, today we're talking about the thumbs down. Everybody put your thumbs down, you know, like, like this is your opportunity to really diss me, just throw, throw, them, throw it down. And uh, as, as I was prepared, like you understand, like when I'm preparing messages, like, like I'm processing, I'm collecting, I'm gathering, it's like hunting and gathering, and, and I, I start creating documents, and then, I, and then I have a notepad, and I scribble on that way, like very, very small, full caps uh, on, my, on, my, on my journal, and then eventually I start to uh, kind of put it together, and then eventually, uh, and, then, and then I show up on the stage, and I just start presenting things like this, but what happened is coincidentally in the midst of this thumbs down series, I had a, or the uh, really subject today, I had a thumbs down uh, deal that happened at my house this weekend. And, uh, and it's a light, it's a, you know, whatever, it's not that big of a deal, but it is something. And I thought it would just because of time um, and how it happened, you guys might find it, enjoy a, a little bit of uh, entertainment uh, from it. But I was going downstairs to watch a show with my wife into my basement and, uh, and I had a large water glass and it was full to the top. And, uh, and again, I don't, I don't know what happened, but I start slipping. And instead of thinking about my feet as I should have been thinking about that and balancing, all I could think is save the water. <laughs> God, can anybody ever do that before, you know? And, and I think because my attention was to save the water, like, like man, I lost it completely. So much so that I landed right on my butt about, about three-fourths of the way up of the stairs and uh, going into my basement. And literally, like, I don't know what happened. I was kind of, like, leaning to grab the water still in mid-fall. And because of that, all my, my feet were up in the air. And I literally plinkoed down every <laughs> stair until I got to the bottom. And then Christy's like, uh, you okay? You know, the, the only thing I would have made, made, it, made it better is if she was filming, you know, and then she could have she gotten me back for some of the times I scare her. And, uh, but we have those thumb down type of moments. And, and I knew at that very point, because of the severity of the fall, you ever, you ever do something to, by the way, it's not necessarily about the physical pain. It's about like the emotional pain about it. Like, like that was embarrassing. Y'all get what I'm saying? Like, like and it was only really Christy there. So, I mean, it was, it was strange, but, um, I knew right then that the next morning I would feel it in my back. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I did a lot of things with uh, skateboarding, extreme sports. I had some gnarly wipes, wipeouts. And, uh, and because of that, my lower back is a little sens- more sensitive than normal. Uh, and and then I don't want, want to keep talking about this, but it also has to do with a 16 pound or whatever uh, bowling ball that I thought was funny to throw down halfway down uh, a bowling alley and I threw my back out. So, so from that day forward, I've had these lower back issues uh, thanks to, to my brilliance. Anyway, um, all that to say, I woke up to mo- yesterday morning and my back was thrown out. And, uh, and how many you know in life, there are just those moments. And, and, and again, like, like you don't, you can't necessarily figure out when they're coming. You just know that one, at some point they may come. And, and I've been thinking for a long time, like, man, it's been a while since my lower back has been thrown out. And here I am, thumbs down today. And, uh, and it may not look bad today, but uh, how many want to say amen for uh, painkillers? Uh, it's here for Advil. All rightly dosed, by the way, you know what I'm saying? I want to make a big statement today. Um, there are some churches that love the statement that the best is yet to come. And although that is true, today I want to remind you that the best may be yet to come, 
but we still might need to live in hell today. Again, man, I love, I love those messages that the kingdom is building and the, the church of God is triumphing and, and we're overcoming everything and building. And at the same time, like, I, I don't know if that's a, a, a pace that is ever truly seen or experienced in humanity. And I just want to tell you today that I believe when we're talking about emoji and healthy spirituality and specifically the idea about thumbs down type of moments is, is if we're going to have healthy spirituality, we need to embrace living between the trees. And when I say living between the trees, it's living between the trees in Eden and the trees that are promised in eternity. Yes, the best is yet to come, but we still might need to live through a little hell today. And I just want as a church and as an individual to create a realistic expectation of what it means to live between and in the moments of the mountaintop and also in the valley low. And, and again, it's not hard to find this story in scripture. We just don't really like to talk about it very much in, the, in, in Sundays and in church. And today I just kind of want to go there. You know, uh, my goal isn't for you to leave and go, woo, I feel really great and uplifted today. I, I want you to leave church today, go, you know what? I've got a realistic perspective of how life sometimes treats us. I, 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 and I'm, I'm kind of skipping ahead, but I'm, I'm afraid that some of us are building a, a house of cards with our faith. And when a wind blows and we find ourselves crumbled, we begin, we, we're angry at church and we feel like we've been tricked to believe that if I give my life to Jesus, everything else will fall into place. And it, like everything's up. And, you know, scripturally, I, I want to do is I want to jump into uh, Joseph. Uh, Joseph, the son of Jacob, who has eventually changed, his name's changed to Israel, the Israel that we, we know as now as a country, it's inspired by him. But Joseph is, is one of his sons, and, and what we see in his life is he perpetually went into thumbs down type of moments. And I think we can learn something today. And so if you have your Bibles, open up to Genesis 37 uh, as you know by now I'm going to kind of breeze through some ideas and then we're going to read it scripture and then eventually I'm going to give you a little sneak peek we're going to tie this we're going to connect the dots to Stephen in Acts 7 so just bear with me for a second but what we know about Joseph in the story is he's 17 years old and his brothers hate him now I know this week at your home you're you probably had some sibling rivalry like there was probably some arguments. There was probably disagreements. Any parents want to say, come on, I need the Lord to come this week. I mean, it happens, but this situation is just a little bit more expounded, I, I bet. Uh, and, and the family dynamics are extremely strange. And if you do any kind of study about this family is, is the dad has many sons and he has many wives. And because of that, there are half brothers and, and there are just like the situation is super dynamic and, and honestly strange. And what we know about uh, Joseph is this, is he is a dreamer and he's not very smart with his dreams. He has this one dream about uh, a bunch of these bushels and they were going to bow down to one bushel. And there just happened to be 11 bushels and, and he kind of claimed to be the one standing up. And then, and then he had the audacity to share another, uh, another dream that was given to God or given him by God. And that was, or at least that's what he thought, is that there was a moon and there was a sun and there were a bunch of stars. And he kind of got to the point a little bit clear on this. He said, yeah, all those things, you're going to bow down to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, imagine being in that audience. Imagine being at that table. Imagine being at that dinner going, okay, buddy. I, if I can just speak frankly with you, I don't know if I can even say this in, in church, but I guess I'm just going to say it. Like, like, Joseph was an idiot. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he was a 17-year-old, and the reason why I think I can say that is because how many of you were idiots when you were 17 year old, years old? Come on, can I hear an amen? I hope you're not all raising your hand because you're thinking I'm the idiot, which I was. I agree with that. But at the same time, you know, let's have a moment of confession. I mean, really, what I'm trying to tell you is this. Joseph, his idealism was off the charts. I mean, it just was, it, it, does, it, can't, even, it can't even fall on the, on the graph. And uh, life is looking good for him. It really is. And I think, I think he would totally vibe with the idea of thumbs up, dude. Like, 
This is how I'm going to live life. It's moving forward. Bow down to me. And, uh, and, and Joseph had favor from his father, which is true. Uh, and in and, and these dreams that start giving him the idea that yet the, uh, that the heavenly father, his heavenly father had favor upon him as well. But then Genesis 37, chapter, uh, verse 23 happens and it says this. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe. You know the story, the ornament robe he was wearing. And they took him and they threw him in the cistern, which I want you to hear as the pit. Joseph was thrown into the pit and the pit, the pit was empty and there was no water in it. And now listen what happened. The lunch that Joseph brought for his brothers, they said, hey, you know what? This is a good time to sit down and eat it. They sat down and they ate the meal. Now what you need to hear is this, is Joseph brought them the meal. And I think what I, I want to pull out of this little reference in scripture, this is kind of what we do to people in church is people come and they show up into this space and they're broken, they're, they're abused and, and, and they're just trying to survive. They're in essence in their own pit and we can so easily forget that they're struggling and we can just create a meal that completely excludes them saying it's nice that you're there but we're here and we're just glad to have you. I want to tell you this, one of the most inspirational components of this scripture is this, is even though Joe is sitting in his, if I can call him that, uh, if he's sitting in his, his pit, yes, there is, it's cold, it's dark, it's smelly, it's a shameful place, and he's all alone, that there still is hope in the midst of the pit. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I believe we can find hope in the pit. Now, let's go ahead and jump to the New Testament in Acts chapter seven. In Acts chapter six, though, we hear a little about this man named Stephen. And uh, I don't know why I want to say it like this, but I mean, he was flowing and he was glowing. I mean, he was going, things were just really, really working well for Stephen in Acts chapter six. And, and if, in fact, it says in verse eight, it says, Stephen, full of grace and power, performed great miracles and signs among people. I mean, things were going extremely well for Stephen. Just like at one moment, things were going extremely well for Joseph but then something shifted in Stephen's life. And what happened was some people began to create a lie about him. And that ended, ended up bringing Stephen in front of the Sanhedrin, which is just in essence, you need to know that they're just, they're just spiritual leaders uh, and political leaders of his time. And those leaders in, in chapter seven just simply asked Stephen, Stephen, are these accusations true about you? I mean, again, I want you to hear this. Stephen, like life was going well. This was an opportunity for Stephen to go, no, they're not true. Let's get back to the goodness. But for some reason, and, and, and I don't know why he did this, and I guess I do. I think he was compelled by Christ to be absolutely honest in that moment, knowing that in his honesty, there could be a moment that takes him off the pedestal of great and kind and goodness and, and, and all these amazing things are happening and could potentially propel him into the pit because that's about what he's going to Experience and, and so what happens is Stephen starts presenting his perspective on these accusations and he starts with Abraham. And he says, hey, Abraham, he left his land and in the midst of being faithful with what God had asked Abraham to do, God also told Abraham in a roundabout ma manner, like, hey, your descendants will be one day, will be alien. Like there's a lot of positive promises at the same time. There is in essence... Uh, uh, also some connotations that, hey, your descendants will be aliens. They could be slaves and they're, they're probably gonna be oppressed for 40 years. So like God promised the good, but there also was the bad. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of strange um, in the Old Testament where you can see that. But then what I find absolutely fascinating is after he moves on for Abraham, he jumps into who we're talking about today, Joseph in the Old Testament. 
And he actually stops there. And I didn't see this until like, I felt like the Lord really revealed to me, but he, he says something the way Joseph was sold in slavery due to jealousy. But the, the, the place of hope and what I'm hearing beyond what was just stated by Stephen, he said, and again, in, in essence, he says, Joseph was sold in slavery due to jealousy, but God was with him. Can I hear an amen? But God was with him. And I think that's the one thing I want you to understand about, about the pits that, that will be presented to us in life is this, is that God is willing to sit in the pit with you. And we see that in this story. In fact, let me just read it in, in, in verse nine. It says, because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, they sold him as a slave into Egypt, but God was with him and rescued him from his trouble. And then he gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So Pharaoh made him ruler over Egypt and his palace. And then, but listen to this, here's another pit. A famine struck all of Egypt and Canaan bringing great suffering and our ancestors could not find food. What I want you to see in this portion of scripture is this. Joseph sat in a few pits. He's finally put into a position of authority and it's evident that God was, was with him in those pits. But then what we see coming here is he is more prepared to handle this ensuing pit experience because he's been given wisdom. He's been given experience. So I have to ask you, what if your pit has a purpose? What if that moment and that experience that, that you're living in now or you're living in in the past has a purpose? Well, what if there's something to be learned? And now this is where, I, again, I, I'm not Stephen, so I don't completely understand why he did this besides the fact that I feel like he just felt compelled or he is an Enneagram 8 and he's just going about to drop the, the hammer. But in verse 51, after he shares this really long story, including the narrative of Joseph, he eventually says, you stiff-necked people, which is the equivalent of telling them they were idiots, using that in church. I mean, they did it there. I could do it here now. But he said, you stiff-necked people, you are just like those ancestors. Again, those, what is he saying, those ancestors? Man, you have good times and you have bad times. You know what I'm saying? And I think he's trying to tell them, like, are you learning through the process? And he says, you're stiff-necked people. You're just like your ancestors. You resist the Holy Spirit. I think when the pit comes... We're so uncomfortable in this dry, in this lonely, dark space. We, we try to make it uh, uh, so much effort to get out of that pit so quick that we miss the lessons of the Holy Spirit. And he says, you resist the Holy Spirit and, 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 and really his message. And, and then it says, and now you have betrayed and murdered Jesus. And this is where J Stephen's pit experience escalates said at this they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices they rushed at him which you know i find fascinating here the only people that cover their ears and yell at me are my children i mean just think about like, like and again i'm not like trying to downplay my children because i think your children probably do that from time to time you know i mean they might not mean i do exactly that but like like, like, this is childlike behavior. I mean, this is kind of crazy, you know? So they, they cover their ears. They start yelling at the top of the voices. They rushed at him, and they drag him out of the city, and they begin to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul, who, by the way, is on the top of his... He's, he's moving up on his, his scale of leadership. And while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And then he fell asleep. He died. I mean, this isn't the message you came to church for. This isn't the message we typically preach. But this is the message we will live. 
the reality is it's not if pain or suffering or situations are coming our way. It is when are they? And, and, and if anything, what, what I want to learn in this very moment is how can we be prepared and what do we need to learn in order to live within the pit? When we talk about healthy spirituality, it's understanding this one baseline reality. And we can see it in John 16, Jesus is saying it. He says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have troubles. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. And if I think we could add another little portion of it, we can see in Stephen's story as he talks about Joseph. And I know there's kind of a roundabout connected dot, and that might be a little bit confusing. I I think Jesus also says to us today, take heart because I am in that pit with you. I will be there with you. Like I said to you already, I think what I'm afraid of with our, our faith is we can so easily create this house of cards and, and, and we can build this house of faith. And when things change and when pressure comes and when winds blow, our faith becomes foreign and incomprehensible. Because what we signed up for is not what we thought it would be. So I just want to have like a, just a family talk today. And I just want to simply present this idea that guess what? There will be troubles. The question isn't if it's coming. The question is, will we be ready to live within the pit? So let's, let's talk about that. You know, what, what, what could we learn to live within the pit? Number one, we need to learn to sit in this pit. We need to learn to sit in the pit. As, as uncomfortable as it is, Yes, we, we love our children. They're really excited about the pit. That's... No, they're actually like, we know that today's message is really hard. We need somewhat of a humorous moment for the adults. Let's scream. Uh, we need to learn how to sit in the pit. Uh, some key words that I want you to hear today is When we're in our tough situations, we need to endure. Second word would be patience. We need to be okay with just being present there. Be okay with the discomfort in it. At the same time, if we're sitting in the pit, we might as well just invite Jesus to be there. I'm not telling you to endure in a pit by yourself. I'm not telling you to be patient in the pit by yourself. I am telling you that let's be okay being in the pit, but let's just make sure we invite Jesus to be present with us. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's there, but will we acknowledge his present presence? Will we acknowledge, will we start listening to his voice? Will we, will we humble ourselves to go, God, are you trying to teach me a lesson today? A.W. Tozer has a book, and it's a compilation on prayer. And within that book, uh, he quotes this French priest. And he tells this, and it's it's kind of about a pit experience. He says, tell God all that is in your heart as one unloads one's heart. It's pleasure and it's pain as you are talking to a dear friend. Now tell him of your troubles that he may comfort you. Tell him your longings, that he may purify them. Tell him your dislikes, that he may help you conquer them. Tell him your temptation, that he might shield you from them. Show him your wounds of your soul, that he may heal them. Lay bare your indifference to good, your depraved taste for evil, and your instability. I guess what I'm trying to tell you is this. If you're sitting in the pit, I guess it's about time to be honest. And Jesus can handle your honesty. If we're going to learn to sit in the pit with Joe or with Stephen or with Jesus, the second thing is we need to learn to sit in the pit with others. I believe we need to invite Jesus into the pit with us. 
but we also need to learn to invite others to sit with us. That's the power of the local church. I was just talking to a woman. She was drastically hurt by a church. I mean, let me just tell you, tell you what it is. Her son is in prison. She believes it stems to an experience that he had at church. I think it's safe to say that she's in a pit. And she's in a pit of anger, resentment, disappointment. And she came up to me after church and very emotional. She said, I feel like it's time for me to invite someone of leadership to sit down in the pit with me. Some of you are here today and you've been hurt. You've been disappointed. You sit here disillusioned. Not only do you need to invite Jesus in that pit, but it just might be time to invite someone else there as well. Let's just think about it though. When we invite someone into our pit, you also need to remember though, although this issue is pressing on you, it's not very pressing on others. And I think we have to be okay with being in the pit, but I want to remind you today, like, like be human too. Like just because the pit is dark doesn't mean you can't remember that someone else is in the room with you. And when we sit there metaphorically at the table with somebody and you're struggling and you're emotionally unstable and you're dealing with those issues, yes, I hope that's a safe space. I hope you can find comfort. I I hope you can find some advice. I hope you can uh, be consoled. I hope you would be able to find prayer. At the same time, don't make every event just about you. If we're going to learn how to sit in the pit, we have to learn to invite others, but then we have to realize that our, that our issues aren't, only, aren't the only issues in the world as we know it. And maybe one of those lessons in the pit are, is to remind you this simple, this simple idea that guess what? Other people are sitting in their pits too. And oh, even though yours feels the worst and, and, and it's so evident to you, like don't just, don't forget that people who are, are choosing to sit in the pit with you have their own pit as well. Y'all get what I'm saying there? Like this isn't easy church stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? And sometimes, man, part of the pit is to take our, maybe the darkness, maybe the uncomfortable nature of it. Maybe it is to take our eyes off just our issue. And then I would tell you this, is regardless of whether or not Um, inviting others to this pit with you is working that well for you, you should appreciate anybody who's willing to sit there with you. Like if anything, base level, just appreciate. Just appreciate that they're with you. They may not have the answers. They actually might not even have patience. They might actually give you advice that you don't even like. You know what you need to do beyond that? Just appreciate that they're with you. I'm preaching way better than you're responding. I hope you can live it. I, I hope we can live it. I hope we can live it. I mean, that is good stuff. Now, the third thing is this, is, is this, is, as a church body, we need to learn to sit in the pit for others. Again, that's, it's a very subtle difference. We need, to, we need to invite others to sit with us, yet we need to be forward moving and, and, and selfless and look and just embrace this idea that there are people in the pit and we need to go in it with them. Willingly walk into their pit with them. Jesus, a favorite Sunday school uh, verse of all time is two words, Jesus wept. And we need to empathize. We need to be willing to go there. We need to learn how to listen. We need to learn how to love. We need to also, in that moment, just like Stephen was, be honest with the people that are in the pit. 
But God isn't just saying like, go into the pit for the other to get to, to tell them what they want to hear. No, it's telling them what they need to hear. And I wanna be people that are living in the pit. The power of the local church is the power of table communities within this church and the power of small groups. It's, it's this idea that when you are low, when you are broken, when you're not able to sing, someone else can sing for you. Someone in proximity can be sitting broken next to you, with you. Others in proximity can empathize with your spirit. Now, although this is maybe an uncommon message for Echo, this is not uncommon in the larger church historical body. And because people have gone through the pit, they've learned how to navigate it through prayer. There's this man named Thomas Keating and, and, and he created, I believe, what's called the welcome prayer. And this is what he would pray in, in tough times. And I would encourage you to write this down if you can. He had said this, he said, I, I would approach those problems. And he said this on a daily basis. He said, I would welcome everything that comes to me today. He would literally s- slow down and he began his day and he would say this, I welcome all and everything that comes to me today because I know it is for my healing. I welcome all thoughts. I welcome all feelings and emotions, persons and situations and conditions. I mean, what if that's how we would approach tomorrow? We wake up. I welcome everything that comes me to me today. It might be the pit. It might be the mountaintop. Lord, have your way with me. There's an author, I really appreciate his books. He, he's written Emotional Healthy Leadership. He's written Emotionally Healthy Church. And there's a, a number of different iterations that I wouldn't be surprised if he even wrote Emotionally Healthy Preschool. I mean, it, it, he's kind of... <laughs> pretty amazing. Uh, it doesn't exist. Don't Google it. But in the midst of his pit moment, in the midst of his journey, in the midst of, of having this realistic expectation that there are mountaintops and valley lows within our spiritual journey, he ended up writing this. And I'm just wondering if we could adopt this mentality. I wonder if we could adopt this type of prayer or statement in our life. And I I think it's so important that I wrote it down. If you want to take a picture, it's there for you for your reference. But this is what Patrick, uh, not Patrick, uh, Peter Scazzaro, forgive me. He writes, I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I pause because it's just, I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like it. I asked for health that I might do great things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power when I was young that I might have praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need for God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life I was given life that I might enjoy all things. And I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I had hoped for. Church, I don't want to, I don't want to build a house of cards. I, I don't want to, to think that every game of Jenga ends with the tallest statue. Because the truth, it, truth be told, it's not when or if, it's when. Lord Jesus, some people there, I sense that they're angry because their life didn't turn out the way they wanted to. And their prayer life
you haven't asked, you haven't answered their prayers. I think some people in this room, they feel like they've been left in the pit way too long. But today, God, I just ask that this message, this moment would be a reminder that you're there with them. That your peace and your hope is here. Again, I pray for those that are like, this message is, is, it doesn't even feel relevant to them because their life is fine and it's dandy. I just ask that they could hide away these types of principles and these ideas in their soul or in their heart that when life gets difficult, that they should remember that you are there with them. You willingly sit in the pit with us. And today, God, as, as, as I have lived through the pit a few times in my life, and as I prayed, I prayed, God, would you just shine a little light in here? We just open and close a few doors so I know you're there. I just ask that that is what today is all about. That they would understand that you are there. God, I just pray in, in a collective way, I just ask that we would be a church that invite others to sit in our pits and yet we're willing to sit in someone's pit with them, for them as well. Equip us today in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, would you say amen today? Would you stand up? We're... Uh, We're gonna pray a prayer that we pray every week. And for those that may be new here today, it's a prayer that, I mean, I'll just say it how it is today. It just, it's a prayer that invites Jesus into your pit. It's a prayer that just simply acknowledges that you cannot do this alone. You can't stay here alone. And we invite you to pray this for the first time. Because Jesus, 2,000 years ago, decided to, he chose to be put into a pit to go down into hell and conquer the grave so then you might have life and life to the full. Can I hear an amen? Let's pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. You know what's interesting about me um, throwing out my back? As I haven't been able to work out for the last few days. And it's troubling because I just bought a new watch and it was about the seventh purchase to eventually land on this one thing because I wasn't happy with all the other products. Um, but I was kind of aggravated because I couldn't work out and I wasn't getting these analytics and you know, I, you know, reading these things on a screen make me feel better, I guess, which I obviously, you can tell I need some counseling. Um, but I found something very abs absolutely interesting is, is I clicked on this training status update. This, and I'm doing it right now. It says your training load has been load late, low lately. Your training lo load has been low lately. Now, I know why, because my back hurts. I, I, I want this to heal. You know what I'm saying? I don't really like them saying that to me, but they did it. But then it says this, but that's okay. It's still well balanced and it's helping your body to recover. <laughs> How silly <laughs> that I would use my phone or my watch today. But maybe some of you are sitting in the pit today and you need to hear this. It's okay. This is an opportunity for recovery. Will we allow the Holy Spirit to do his work now? To be alone is to be loved by you. To be alone is to be loved by you. 
If you guys are anything like me, maybe you went to Sunday school like five times a year with your family, and sometimes you learn a song, and I, this song still sticks out to me, and it's, I, I'm going to do a bad job here, but the wise man built his house upon the rock. Okay, you know what song I'm talking about? Half you are not, and I'm going with that. The rest of you are not less spiritual, you just don't know the song. So there's this story in Matthew 7 where Jesus is talking about these two people, one of them builds a house on the sand, one of them builds it on the rock, Okay. It's a wonderful, beautiful song. I mean, it's, it's uh, Kids Church at its finest about 40 years ago. So what I think is so interesting is we always talk about the foundation. It's the foundation that saved him. But what we don't talk enough about is the rain still came down for both of them. The water still rose and the message uses the word tornado. The tornado still came on the wise man's house. The Bible tells us ahead of time that the pits are coming. And I want to give you, I want you to hear this as an encouragement, but if you're not in a pit right now, that means there's one on the horizon. And I hope you hear that as an encouragement because if you know sometimes that those things are coming, you don't maybe fall into the why me part. You don't fall into the questioning of God. Instead, you realize that maybe those are the times that we're going to learn and grow and see God the most. Now, one of the things we like to do here at Echo is we like to celebrate. And we would love to celebrate those of you that came here today for the very first time. Yeah. Now, if that's you, I want you to take, when you leave here, I want you to walk out that door and go ahead and say hi to our friends at the info table. We have a gift card for you for a local coffee place. It's going to be awesome. I promise they're super cool people. Now, another group of people want to celebrate is those that said that prayer with us for the very first time today. 